Welcome to the Cosmic Circle, the podcast for thecosmiccircus.com, your friendly neighborhood site for nerdy news. I'm Isla Ruby, and I'm here with Brian Kitson and Anthony Flagg, and we have a lot to talk about today. How are you guys doing? Hey there, Isla. It's great to be here. Um, I'm so excited to dive into everything that's going on with DC. How about how are you doing, Anthony? I'm doing good. I had so much fun talking with y'all about Marvel that I figured, hey, we got to talk about DC. So here we are. It was such a blast. And I'm so glad that you're back to talk with us because there's a lot to talk about. So James Gunn, you know, big news, recently took over as the head of, is he the head of development in DC or is he just like the Kevin Feige of, of DC? Do we? Co-CEO with Peter Safran. Co-CEO. So he's totally said goodbye to Marvel with Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy 3 that's coming out soon. And now he has a new sandbox to play in. What are your initial thoughts? What do you guys think? So what's interesting for me is, you know, he is both the co-chairman and co-CEO of DC Studios with Peter Safran. But specifically, they kind of said that he's the leadership as the creative head, where Peter Safran is going to be dealing with some of the business aspects. It kind of reminds me of the idea going back to when James Gunn was going to kind of take over the cosmic side of the MCU mm-hmm. and he was supposed to like spearhead this whole this whole new galaxy and that was going to kind of be his playbox and it kind of feels like that was almost going to be like the James Gunn and Kevin Feige duo before everything happened um, so I think it's very interesting that he once again found himself in the spot can he handle it I, I think that that determines on if you liked the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker some people did, some people didn't. I was not that thrilled with it. But I think that there's so many characters that he can play with that it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes. First initial thoughts about him. I was pretty excited because it feels like now they're they're really thinking, hey, we want to get this right versus like, we're just going to make all these random movies, hope that something kind of forms itself. And then I just know that we probably won't get a repeat of where we just, okay, Batman or sorry, Superman movie, Superman versus Batman movie, boom, Justice League. And it just felt so inorganic because it felt so rushed. So with him here, you know, uh, as the head of it all, I feel there's a good chance that they actually have a plan, which he says he has, he's written it down and he's going to come out early next year and mention it, but it, it instills a lot more confidence than the time before. So I'm really torn on this. Um, I feel like after my, my opinion of James Gunn has like soured a little bit and I don't quite know why. I, I just maybe it's like the Twitter feed and interactions that kind of bug me. But um, like, I feel very, you know, Superman was the, the first superhero like world that I was interested in and, ba- and then and Batman with that. Um, so like, I feel a very a very strong connection to those. And I kind of, so much has been done to them already. I'm just nervous about what could happen with those two franchises and with DC in general um, moving forward. Um, because Peacemaker was kind of weird. I liked it. I liked John Cena, but it was just kind of weird. I didn't like Suicide Squad. So, you know, I have, I, I'm in mixed feelings. You know, something, Marv, Anthony, that you said that really strikes me is that they didn't have a plan beforehand. Mm-hmm. And it, it really feels like it didn't, even if there was one. 
I always said ever since Man of Steel and then we got the Batman versus Superman that it felt like they were trying to run so fast to being the Marvel Cinematic Universe that they weren't owning it. Like they weren't building up to it. Marvel took so many years of introducing these characters and playing with them individually before we had these big team ups. And, you know, we had Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Justice League. Uh, granted, we had Wonder Woman in there too, but there wasn't... By the time we got to the Justice League and Batman vs. Superman, we were just kind of shoving characters together, expecting them to feel organic, and some of them worked and some of them didn't. And I think that there was just not this cohesive idea of what anyone wanted. And by the time we got to Justice League, I think that one of the biggest missteps that they had was, granted, it couldn't be, there wasn't anything that they could do about it, but when Zack Snyder kind of left and Joss Whedon took over... There was definitely this point where it felt like there was a point of no return somewhere in this somewhere in this chaotic mess. And then everything else just kind of fell off where some movies were good. Some movies were not great. It depended on what world we were in. I mean, the Batman's fantastic, but, you know, it's not connected to Birds of Prey and it's not, you know, Wonder Woman 1984 wasn't great, but the first one was good and it was a mess. I wonder some of that to um, like if some of that's tonally because the films are just so different like so the mcu has films that are and tv shows that are totally different like moon knight is different than thor ragnarok but you, like it still feels like the same cohesive universe like you guys said the, the plan but wonder woman feels totally different than batman it's just there, there's there's some missing magic there easily i think they saw too many dollar signs and missed the whole point of the character studies that Marvel gave us on a lot of these movies and, and spent time with them before shoving them all together. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you have to watch the extended edition of Superman versus Batman to actually get a better story of it all because of how they chopped it up. And, you know, they shoved in Wonder Woman into the movie too. Okay. Now we move to justice league and you force cyborg and flash in there and then aquaman shows up too like all right but i think why we enjoyed it so much on the marvel side is because we had that buildup of seeing them kind of interact a nice little post credit scene and then boom they actually had something to work towards versus like world ending issue all of a sudden just league has to form and these people have never spoken to each other before and now they're working together at least with like the avengers they've spoken once twice worked together done something i think you nailed it too with the personal stuff because you know on the dc side of things there aren't a lot of there there are not personal stakes as much um i, I go back to wonder woman again because it felt like we really understood her motivations in the first film and like there was that personal character development where i don't know if i don't think the other movies have had that as much and something, though, that really sticks out to me about DC was that at this time that they were building this world, we were also had a television world that was being mm -hmm. built, the Arrowverse, and they were doing it so well. Where, like, yeah. we had a few seasons of Arrow, you know, like in the second season, they introduced, introduced us to Barry, but he wasn't the Flash, and then he became the Flash. And they had this organic world being built, and they had the time to spend with these characters. You know, you're spending 22 episodes mm -hmm. uh, a season. And it slowly built out to you where you had five, six, seven shows going at one time. And that felt great. And so to me, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of hilarious because we have this world where it worked. And then on the cinematic side, it wasn't working. 
And so where that disconnect was, I, I'm not quite so sure. I don't either. And I don't think they did either. <laughs> no. I mean, the, yeah. the, I think the TV side, you know, I, I really enjoyed the Arrowverse at the start. I think that it was cohesive. It was very well done. And it, again, it totally feels separate than, than the DC extended universe, DCEU, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And definitely something with the the DCEU that I'll give it is that by the time we got to where James Gunn was a part of it, it did feel a little bit different. And for that, I'll say as much as I did not, this was like why it wasn't my favorite film. It actually had color to it. It had it had funniness. It like was a little more lighthearted. Where you know the rest of the the Snyderverse was very dark and very realistic mm-hmm. and very gritty, which is fine. Except that we have to remember that we have an alien who wears his underpants on the outside flying around with a cape. <laughs> like, it's... Who's a good old inher- boy. Right. It's inherently funny. And so, yes, we can make it serious. But the thing that James Gunn did is he did bring back the ridiculousness of it and, like, kind of mm-hmm. played that up and accepted that. And then kind of rolled that over into Peacemaker, which also, like, upped the ridiculousness of it. Like, we can accept that, that, like, this is a superhero movie. It doesn't have to be realistic another superhero who also wore his underpants on the outside of his clothes i think who peacemaker i thought so or am i no. thinking of another another one no no I'm he just he, he wears the khaki like khakis oh i'm just thinking but of he John does wear Cena, a ridiculous get up yeah i mean yeah um, he did wear his underwear when he was wrestling yeah i, I that, see what you're you thinking yeah <laughs> we got there in the end <laughs> <laughs> so where do you where do you the two of you think this goes then because we still have so many movies that are already produced that you know james gunn is going to announce his plan come january or at least like an idea of it but we already have so many more movies like you know we just had black adam and we have zazam and flash and blue beetle there's there's so many still coming out that are either filming or are done filming what does that leave like the world the status of the dc universe well i think I... that's the biggest question of it all and people are just trying to figure it out it's like well you just said you're switching everything up, but you have one, two, let's see, Aquaman, uh, Blue Beetles. We have five. We have five films. Yeah. Five total. Okay, so you have Aquaman. five films that have yet yeah. to come out, and but no one knows what's the point. And I've seen arguments on Twitter saying, "Well, why should I go watch this movie?" Well, I don't know. I'm first off to support the creators if you really want to be about it, but it's not a horrible question to ask. It's like, why do I want to go spend time? watch this story and see what happened to this character and perhaps a post-credit scene if it's never going to pay off. I still want my two minutes back from the end of Spider-Man, um, what do you call it, Homecoming, because I never got Scorpion. And so thinking back to it, like I feel the same way about this. Like, Do I really want to go and spend the time to watch these movies if there's really nothing to go? Well, yes. There's still going to be good character studies, hopefully. Um, but it's just a matter of where do they land? Are they just going to be an extended, extended universe? Because if you think about it now with the multiverse going on with Marvel, Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man is technically canon in there, mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, and could this be somehow played into a similar situation? That's if, what I want to know. If we, um, so there, there's a promise with movies, right? So if if we go see Shazam, if we go see Blue Beetle, is the, like is the filmmaker's promise to us going to be broken? Are we going to be entertained? Is there if we invest emotionally in this universe and these characters, 
our heart's just going to be broken when, oh, they decide it's not working, just forget all about them, which DC has kind of broken that promise multiple times to um, to the audience. And you no, know, granted, that was under a different leadership, but still, you know, you have to win back that confidence and trust of the audience. And that's what DC doesn't have right now. Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely felt myself, you know, in recent events that which we're going to talk of the recent drama, I found myself almost like rolling my eyes. Like, I don't know how much longer I want to buy into this. Like, yes, Superman is one of my favorite superheroes. I grew up with him. Like, I have a lot of his comics, but how many times do we start stop with this promise before you just hop off the train and say it's not worth it anymore? And so I think that, that there's going to be a lot of people that are in that boat but it could be possible that as they're building up this world and as we start to see footage or castings and stuff, we may feel much more, um, we will feel better about what's coming. I think for those big box office returns, you have to build the hype, right? You have to kind of show, because Black Adam, which was the most recent film, didn't have it. And it was reflected in the box office. They're just, people were, eh. So I think it's going to be a lot of showing, you know, a little bit in advance, whether it's with teasers or just like showing mm-hmm. fans that mm-hmm. the, the promise, showing fans that, hey, we, this could be good. And like Ryan like, said, the, the, well, I don't know what the best word to use, but you kind of deceived Superman fans. You brought mm-hmm. Henry Cavill back, you put him in there, you told them, you even had him post on Instagram mm-hmm. saying, hey, I'm back. And then two months later, well, sorry, no more, not doing that. I do think that, like, first off, the only person that was hyped about Black Adam was The Rock, I I swear at this point, because there was no, like, there was promotion, but, like, there was not the hype that I expected for that film, especially for a film that they were teasing was going to be the changing of the Mm -hmm. hierarchy, right? Like, who changed the hierarchy? It wasn't that time. (laughs) <laughs> true true um but there is so much that i feel like there was a lot of hope that that film was going to do something but there, the contingency plan was that if not we need to change it and that film did not perform the way that they wanted it to and it didn't like gun's reaction to the black adam stuff and i think he said like well that was not under my leadership or something like that or that what film was was done before me. And I just felt like that was throwing more people and more creatives under the bus, which I didn't like. Um, that just bothered me. No, that makes sense. It was a little, um, when, the new, when the new boss doesn't like the stuff that the old boss was doing, but you still have to play nice relatively, you know, like it was like the professional email, and you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there definitely seems like with him taking over that he already had a plan in place of what he wanted and this vision did not fit it. So we're looking at several films, right? We know Shazam is the first one that comes out, I think, right? Or am I totally confused? And is it? Yeah. No, it comes out um, March 17th. It's the first one coming out of the the rest of the films. And that was delayed, right? Because it was supposed to come out two days ago and they pushed it back. And this will yes. be this will be the first film that James Gunn has presumably been able to make an edit on, have notes on, because he will have been there for several months now. Absolutely. Perhaps. This is 
I, w- I would say so just because you know i feel like part of this plan was already probably in place with the the suicide squad and peacemaker if at least not behind the scenes um if the fact that this movie has been delayed so many times i mean when was it supposed to originally release was it supposed to originally release at least this weekend it was like december um, 16th but i don't know if that was delay you know that was another delay um, right that was a second delay i'm pretty sure and with that you know this you're right he's gonna have some kind of vision or say in what happens in this film and the fact that i think that as we talked before off screen the peter saffron's company is actually one of the people that is producing mm-hmm. that film and is attached to a few of the films that have already come out and quite a few of the ones that are coming out so i feel like the there's Flash. a lot mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. aquaman yep and so there's actually going to be a lot of I don't want to say say, but like there's going to be a, some direction probably given by the two heads of studio. Do you think that so of the new films, what has the most promise for you guys or of the, the upcoming films? Blue Beetle. I knew you were going to say that, Red. <laughs> I, mean, it was I knew a it. It was a given. You know, I was going to say that. I like Zolo Maridueña. And and the whole aspect of it just seems interesting. The fact that it's going to be probably be set in Texas for a little bit of it. Yeah, you knew I was going to say that one. I know. Everybody and their mother knew I was going to say it. Um, it's, a, it's a good pick. It's also a new character that's, that's due to be on the screen. Like, I'll be honest, Shockerman once and I didn't grab me and I probably never rewatched it. And I didn't, nothing against uh, um, Jason, but I I don't think he's the best actor. Um, I would actually rather prefer to see him as Lobo, which I he's shown interest in. That's actually pretty cool because that's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think with Blue Beetle, they need that young character in the sense that some I don't want to say okay, I'm sorry for saying this, but like Spider-Man, like a young, relatable mm-hmm. hero that young people can see themselves in because like Wonder Woman is older, you know, Superman older, Batman that they had before was older and the current Batman they have is already a young adult. Like this one will kind of fill in that little teenage role that um, I've never really seen with DC because even then Flash is still also an adult. Mm-hmm. He feels very, like this, this film feels very fresh and it feels very different. And the poster looks amazing. I think it was just released recently, the teaser poster, and they sent it to a few very lucky uh, film reviewers um, mm. for Christmas. And I just think that even the like the suit that we saw pictures of just looks yes. really cool. Even um, without the you, practical effects on it, like literally just the raw one already mm-hmm. looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Looks so sweet. You know, with that though, on the speaking of the poster. Um, when it was sent out to people and there was pictures taken, it said actually on the back, this is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. And something that you kind of pointed out, Isla, about Shazam is that this poster came out kind of after James Gunn took over. And so I feel like there was probably some say in this. So part of me is wondering, like, there's been rumors. This is starting a new world. This is starting a new um, a universe. Is it the right call to take s- such a young character that's maybe not widely known by a lot of not comic book readers to be the first character that's going to carry a new universe like that seems like a real risk to me well it's something that gun has done before though right he did it in 2014 sure. and beyond with the guardians and he did it um 
he, he did it to some extent with Peacemaker. I don't know if Peacemaker is beloved. Um, but, you know, he, these kind of obscure dudes and obscure characters that, you know, you have some room to play with there and you have some room to mm -hmm. make people care about them because there isn't quite as much um, storytelling baggage or, you know, film baggage there. No, that makes sense because you kind of can you can say what it's going to be this this time around. You get to have that character be who you want it to be, um, but also keeping it hopefully true to those people like Anthony who are mm -hmm. hardcore Beatle fans. Um, to go back though, Isla, to your question, there I feel like there's a, quite a few good movies. I am excited for Shazam just because I thought that the first one was good, Ooh. but. <laughs> this might this might be the hot take of the night i'm actually excited for the flash and not because of the actor that is in the role mm -hmm. but just because that film looked crazy in the footage that we have already seen and michael keaton's coming back as batman and we're getting uh, a live action movie supergirl and I've, it has the potential to be so awesome what's gonna suck though is that if it doesn't pay off because the world is going away, like we're going to get this huge setup, this huge reset. And then there's going to be an even harder reset that just clears the board as we're guessing with the Superman news, you know? So I am, I'm, I am interested, but uh, that one's going to be, I think going to be a huge film. I almost feel it's bittersweet a little bit because of how, you know, the, the CW shows and all that kind of, mm -hmm. all of their fate. So, you know, I know, but that that is kind of a challenge for me and I have a very hard time um, separating the art from the artist in the case of Flash so I don't even know if I'm going to see it based on all of the the off-screen like drama. Mm -hmm. I do want to preface by saying that I'm I'm not going to be seeing it in theaters I'll wait until yeah. on HBO Max but I am excited just hopefully the story is going to be good I've heard that people who have who have seen it, the rumors are that it's a really good film. Um, I, right, Anthony, is that what we're kind of hearing? Yeah, no, I've, I've heard on multiple occasions that from the test screening shown that it actually is a good film. The plot's good. The acting is good. The, the story's great. So I'm interested. Like y'all, I probably won't watch it in theaters unless I win another contest and get another set of free passes, maybe, <laughs> like... We're hoping for you. Out of my pocket, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a great guess on that one thing with 007 that one time, uh. but uh, but uh, I like the fact that they're doing Keaton. It's just like we we were all talking about in the beginning. At this point, was it even really worth it? Assuming with Gun at the helm, now he could rework the final bits of it and change it, and like I was saying first open the multiverse and kind of push a big reset button for himself but remind me does Aquaman come out before or after this movie after it comes out in 2024 right or at 20 very late uh, Christmas next year and uh the flash comes out June of this year yeah and see that's where I think it would be best to have the flash as the last one because then you can push that big reset button and everything mm -hmm. that happened before but uh... especially because the flash is coming out in june and blue beetle's coming out in august so like you could have hit that refresh i think doing mm -hmm. something original or like we've seen in some comics but maybe not in the tv show is have the flash reset it and have him like 
disappear into uh, they happened what young justice where he like disappears into the ether and and there's a new flash that takes up or there's a new version of the flash but the different actor um have that happen blue beetle starts that off you but you're right aquaman's the one that's kind of holding that all up because it's going to be the wrench in this whole plan if you could have had it continue all into one stream with a reset with a flash but the aquaman's holding it up you know what they could have done sorry no, you're, well, I was just thinking about what they could have done is they could have canceled Aquaman instead of Batgirl because he Keaton was in that one and it would have made a lot more sense. Agreed. I just think that the reset doesn't apply to those in water. So that's going to be my in-universe logic. So anybody oh, in above under the, the sea, surface. yeah. <laughs> so Ariel's safe is what I'm hearing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it doesn't even take into account too that like granted this is a different world but the joker the sequel to the joker is still coming out too and that's coming out in october of 2024 and they're filming that currently yeah um it just changed it just, i think that it adds to the fact that like things like the batman sequel might still be safe because it's its own universe and people really loved that um i've never seen the joker but i hear people love that um so Have i think that maybe taxi that... driver it's the same movie I yeah, like you, know laugh, you know this is true. Yeah. It is all in the funny You know part, I haven't seen that movie. Both of those. <laughs> Robert De Niro was in Joker. <laughs> oh boy. Nobody tell him. <laughs> I legitimately did not Wait, know that. Did you not you haven't seen the movie? Yeah, no, he he's a very important part of the movie in, in, in Joker, <laughs> especially at the end. I think well, you have to see it now. Yeah, it's it's going Maybe. on the watch list. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that you know, what does that mean for the Joker? What does it mean for all of these things that are stragglers, and where do they fit in? I just don't think it's a bad idea for them to have that essentially have Joker, which is his own thing, doing something over there, having the Batman doing its own thing over there, because we know Penguin is what shooting next month or something, or I think starting. so, like that's still mm -hmm. moving that hasn't stopped peacemaker right. is supposed season two is supposed to be moving that's not stopping so do you guys have any question or any worry that so the gun maybe is too ambitious with this right now because so you know w with marvel there's been a lot of talk about kevin feige maybe spreading himself too thin and the rumors reportedly with with Gunn been that he's going to write the new Superman movie. He's writing the next Peacemaker season. You know, he's doing, he's going to have this heavy hand in development and, and all these scripts. Is this maybe too much to start off with? I do wonder if he's going to go the route of like a James Patterson where he starts the idea, he starts the chapters, but he has someone really help work with him to finish those off. I mean, he... You think about it, he's also working, still working on Guardians of the Galaxy while he's doing all of this. He seems yeah. to think that he has all the time in the world, so it's possible that he could. I think that there's going to have to be some changes, and I'm wondering one of the things that's going to happen is the things like the Penguin and the Batman universe and all of these scragglers are going to give the buffer to get all the writing done and everything situated, and we're not going to really see the new DC universe take off until like 2027, 2028, where you're going to have all of this cushion, hopefully, to restart everything then. And, and, and you can still have those stories finish up, wrap itself up, 
and see where they go from there. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to be something that happens. And that's why he's working really hard to have um, everything start now so that like he has time. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's really hard to kind of tell. Well, this de- development isn't fast, right? You still, right. we were just talking about the movies planned out for the next couple of years, whatever movie, it, you can't just turn around and make a movie. You have to have script, pre-production, all of that stuff. So then that takes time. And so you asked, do you think he's spreading himself thin? I think yes. Short answer, yes, he is. And another thing is he still has to market Guardians even after Mm -hmm. he's done working on it. Like that's going to keep him busy for a good, what, month? That's a good amount of time when you're a co-CEO in charge of a lot of things. Um, But the one thing we haven't discussed is who wants to work with Warner Brothers at this point with the way they've been treating the, you know, some of the talent like, absolutely do actors really want to sign up if they're going to like lose it right after do directors want to work if their movie's going to get cut do you want writers who are just going to get thrown away like people have to consider like this is a job for them at the same time you know it might be a labor of love but people still want to get paid and know that they're doing something that contributes and if you're going to go and spend all this time writing directing just to get your movie thrown away when it's almost done Batgirl so why why (laughs) why would you feel any confidence in the comp- in the corporation itself. I mean, we, we talk about it as fans, but you also mm-hmm. have to think of it on the business side. Like, do I really want to work with this company at the end of the day? Because for all I know, this work will never come to fruition. I won't have that on my resume. So I can't go to my next job saying, look, I worked on Batgirl. Well, no one got to see it. So no one knows how good it could have been. And this is mm-hmm. a problem that extends past DC too. It's the, the greater HBO, like, like you said, or the greater uh, Warner, like you said, because we we just got the news the other day that mm-hmm. like Westworld was being disappeared from HBO mm-hmm. reportedly over crew royalties and crew um, residuals, which is just is that why? Yeah, yeah, that's apparently that seems to be their running rumor, and that's just like despicable, like because it's such an inconsequential amount of money. But you know, once that came out, there were all these stories about um, just studios and stuff being petty over money and people could totally believe that you know that was why and like today the gordita or not today a couple days ago the gordita chronicles are being disappeared from hbo like just you make stuff with as an artist with the hope that people will see it and then it's just gone um that's hard you know i do i i think that there's a lot of things that are going through my head you know one of the things i as we've been talking about quite commonly is we have to factor in the fact that there's a probably a writer strike coming up too Mm -hmm. and so like that's gonna set everything back and or it's gonna all fall onto james gunn's shoulders to carry it all you you know i i think anthony you have a great point because i know as a fan when we from black adam having henry cavill in the role as superman he announced he was coming back a few weeks later he's no longer coming back I lost confidence in them as an actor. I would be, I'd be very hesitant to act with them. And so I wonder if one of the things that you're going to see is that um, it's going to be a smaller circle of people who are going for James Gunn and not for people who are going for DC. Like, you know, it's going to be his friends. Like he loves Mm -hmm. to do anyways, but those people who he can pull over like Dave Bautista and anyone from the guardians that loves him are going to maybe would go over because it's him and not because of HBO or because of DC or because of Warner Brothers 
but it's still scary when at any time something could be pulled. Like mm-hmm. I loved Time Traveler's Wife. I would have watched that series over and over and over again. It's gone now. I have yeah. no way of watching it. And like that as a fan, that sucks. But as as a creator, I would be devastated. And so I wouldn't want to put my money into that basket. And now thinking about the talent that's walking away, Yaya Abdul Mateen, I believe, is going to Wonder Man or something. He's mm-hmm. stepping away and he was a good Black Manta. So he's still going to show up in the second movie, as I understand it. But I'm sure after that, he's kind of like, all right, let me get this paycheck, get this movie done. I'm done working with y'all. I'm going to go to Marvel where they, you know, keep the talent happy. Minus that one time in Scarlett Johansson. But <laughs> but they rectified it in the end. They came back and they took care of it. I mean, now she's tied to produce a movie or something. So they came to an agreement. There there yeah. was something there. So they they're they're good. They managed to work it out. And like versus DC, where like like we were just mentioning with Henry in and then out within two months. And, and like I if I understand correctly as well, that it was a verbal agreement. It was not written. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of actors are going to be like, yeah, sign me up for that. You know, I'll have right. a job because he walked away from the Witcher, not to do that, but for other reasons, but that was another one. And so why give up any recurring job you may already have on a series or another movie or something to step onto that? And I think though, too, while that it wasn't the only, that wasn't the reason why he technically left the Witcher or that's what rumor says. I think it definitely plays a part. If DC comes in and is like, hey, we want you back for this movie, this movie, this movie, and you're on a series that you're not happy on, or you're going to jump at that opportunity where maybe you would have stayed around a little bit longer on a series you weren't happy if if, if you could justify that because there wasn't a, this big role. And I feel like it's just, again, showing like a lot of mismanagement in the, in the DC studios at large because... At that point, I'm sure that there were some talks with James Gunn and they still went forth with kind of announcing that he was, they had Henry Cavill kind of announce he was coming back. And that just felt like a big yikes moment. And when all of mm-hmm. a sudden, a few weeks later, we we're backtracking and he's like, yeah, we love Henry Cavill, but we're not bringing him back. We're going in a different direction. And it just felt like nobody was talking to each other. I think that if I were Cavill's agent, I would be worried about you know because he the agent has made assurances to his client too and it just seems like you said nobody is talking to each other and I think um you know I think like was mentioned too that gun maybe maybe gun is a stabilizing force in that case gun can um make assurances based on his word and now his word means something to his friends and to people who have worked with him before that if you come and work on this project I will make sure it gets done it's going to happen. Whereas if, if DC had hired somebody else, then it wouldn't, you know, that word may not have been as, um, as meaningful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes, that makes perfect sense. I I do wonder though, the, 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 the behind the scenes talks that are going to be happening to get these, the justice league back, you know, you, you're going to have these main seven characters that they're going to be gunning for, especially if Superman is one of the first ones they really want to build up and they want to go younger. I feel like it's going to take a lot of convincing to get the exact actors that you want to play those roles, especially when Marvel just keeps announcing projects and keeps getting people attached. And while they maybe will play nice, that's not necessarily always, that's not always necessarily going to work out. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens here. 
I think that the Superman casting, you know, is going to be like, like the Spider-Man casting, right? It's going to be subject to a lot of rumor. It's going to be one of those really coveted things just because the fact it is Superman and it's such an iconic role. Like when supposedly, like if, if you've played Superman in life, you, like you will always be remembered for that. Like that is, it's a career defining thing. Like if you play Bond or something, even if mm-hmm. maybe you weren't good as that. Um, and I'm, you know, you mentioned that they were talking about maybe going younger. And I think that's also an interesting space to go from story-wise because we, a lot of times with these the superhero things, like we've seen the origin over and over and over. We've seen Batman's parents die a million times, I feel like. No more. Um, <laughs> but, right. you know, I, I don't know. Do you guys feel like we've seen him come to the Daily Planet and leave Kansas and, you know, start, meet lois and all of that because i think i'm forgetting I think which plan yeah but we saw that right i'm, I'm forgetting which movie it was and which actor superman but returns I, no i'm Rose. thinking yeah that exactly yep yeah the 2006 one right uh, i mean think about it, though we've had this in smallville we've mm-hmm. had this in we've had this in man of steel because that's when he shows up and goes like I feel like we've had this in the animated series. Like, there's been so this has been done to death. Like, you're right. Same with like, I don't want to see the Waynes killed again. Like, there almost needs to be a move past that. And that's the one thing I loved about the Batman yep. is that there wasn't. We didn't have to rehash all of this. Bo- like the story we already know, and kind of like Spider Man. Spider Man did the same thing where it came back. He was super young, but we didn't have to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I don't really need to see him get bit by the spider. I don't need to see him like lose his dad in Kansas. Like, you know, they can do something very simple, like have a newspaper clipping or something on his fridge while he's doing something like let's spend the time with the character and do a little bit more. At this point, I feel general audiences understand (laughs) what happened to Superman, what happened to Batman, what happened to Spider-Man, which is why I'm like kind of really excited about Blue Beetle. Because not mm-hmm. a lot of people know that setup. I have no idea what it is. I just know that it looks cool. That it's like, the scare that he gets. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. I, I'm actually quite excited for for whatever it is. And even if they do an origin story, cool. That means we get to spend time in Texas. I'm happy with that. But and but like you said, we don't know. Like his origin isn't is like isn't as enshrined in in our thoughts as Spider Man, as Superman, as Batman. So like, I'm totally cool seeing a new origin story. Yeah, but as far as Superman, you know, I do want to spend time with Clark Kent, too. That's the other half of it. Like, at least with the Batman, we spent a little bit of time with Bruce Wayne, and those parts were good, you know, at the funeral when he was doing stuff or spending time with um, Alfred. Like, those are great scenes. Mm -hmm. Can we do the same with Superman? Can we see him actually, you know, working a story? Or can we see him interacting with Lois? Yeah, that's what I'm... That's what I'm most hopeful for when they do this new Superman movie. I go back to the original Lois and Clark from 94, 93, like the old series. And I think they showed him like just being Clark Kent really well. And I think the pilot Mm -hmm. showed him getting an apartment and it was like super beat up and messed up. And like we see him using his superpowers, like just fixing it up instantly. And just, you know, I think stuff like that is really fun. And I like seeing that the like how the superpowers could help Clark Kent just in daily life. You know, something that Superman and Lois, the new one does really well is that they were already established. And when the show started, you know, 
he's been Superman forever and they've been married for a long time. They have teenage sons and they're the ones that are coming into their powers. And like, that was really interesting because mm-hmm. we didn't have to tread the whole going to Metropolis, getting the job. Like at this point, they're moving <laughs> back to Smallville to take over Martha Kent's, you know, uh, farm. And like, there is, there was a better dynamic there. I think that was really interesting. I think if you're going to do it, we have to do something different. We can't just do the same thing. If you're going to do a Batman, don't do year one again, please. Like, like let's not... I also I'm wondering though, and I guess I want to know what your guys' thoughts are. Is do we need an individual project for every single member of the original seven? Like, do we actually need another Aquaman movie or another Batman movie telling a story, or is there a more interesting way to do it? I mean, I totally want more movies. I I liked (laughs) Aquaman, and I liked I liked the new Batman. Um, So I I am all for more movies. I like. The exp- so I think that something maybe is lost a little bit is the experience of going to a movie theater and seeing something on the big mm-hmm. screen. I want movies sure. that you have to see on the big screen for these characters because mm-hmm. I think that just like that's half the fun. So give me more blockbusters. You mentioned earlier in the podcast how in the Arrowverse you had Barry Allen showing up. You know, mm-hmm. why do we have to make that exclusive to TV shows? Like we can do it in movies. Sure. We mm-hmm. did it with Batman versus Superman. Wonder Woman shows up all of a sudden. Diana Prince has a little passing moment talking to Bruce Wayne. Like, that was great. That actually worked out really yeah. good because you introduced the character. You got to hear her theme song. She showed up and kicked some ass. Cool. Let's do that again. And then, boom. Okay, now we can do a movie. We don't have to retread as much and then move forward and tell the story you actually had in mind. Because like when that. we're spending 30, 40 minutes establishing the powers and everything that happened before that's a good chunk of movie that could do a number of things. You know, for someone like Batman, I'd honestly love to see like him established and already have a Robin and just jumping into a story where it's, it's a different dynamic of than just a lone Batman who, you know, we've have so many lone Batmans who are, you know, doing it by themselves. And it would be nice to just try something different. I think that that's why I think maybe a mixture of like, especially if we keep something like HBO max, I'm think I've heard that they're going by max now, potentially of doing a mix, doing that mixture, you know, of like you have some TV shows, you have some movies, but they're all just as important kind of like the MCU and that you don't necessarily have to, not everyone. I don't think every one story is special enough to be in a movie, if that makes sense. I'm curious. Have y'all ever read Superman for all seasons? I have not. No, I. It's four issues. Okay, it's, they're very easy to read. They have some of the best scenes. Have y'all watched the most recent season of The Boys? Yes, you know so the you answer remember, to that. So you remember the scene where Homelander is talking to that girl on top of that building? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was like a complete script flip from oh. one of the opening parts of Superman for All Seasons, where he talks to this suicider girl, and he actually. Like he was just very calm about it. He listened to her, you know. Psychiatrist over here, hear me out, <laughs> Brian. This means you. Mm-hmm. And so he has a moment where he talks her down, and and they've got a spotlight on her, and it's really intense. But he manages to take care of her, and and um, it's that humanity mm-hmm. in him that I think we haven't seen in a movie properly. Sure. Like they show the super powered you know kryptonian alien great but they've never actually shown the endearing side that really won him over with the masses over the 70 
80 years of print because mm -hmm. he's a warm character. He makes you feel good inside. Um, thinking back to Shazam, at the very end of the scene, what happens? He shows up to go have lunch with those kids because he knows how much of an impact that would be. Like we'll those little moments and with, with like for all seasons would be a nice little adaptation just because they're showing not just the, the power that he physically has, but like the mental and emotional one, which I feel has been completely glossed over. And if I, if I remember right, and I could totally be wrong, I think that first scene in Superman and Lois kind of um, made an attempt to show that warmth, right? Because he was there with the kids or maybe it was just mm -hmm. the, the commercial. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there, like there was that trying to bring that back. And I think, you know, that, that had the potential to be super effective. Are you talking about the scene where he talks about a suit? Yes. Yes. That was that was honestly the moment that he won me over. And he's actually mm -hmm. my my version of Superman that I love so much is because he was genuinely excited because his mom made him a suit and he shared mm -hmm. that with the kids. And there's tons of moments in Superman and Lois where he does that. You know, he's the the coach to the football team and he's you know, he goes to the diner and eats dinner with his family. Like I, it's just done really well. And I do hope that does make it through the transition of DC Studios because I have a feeling it's going to be canceled. But if they're going to bring these movies, I hope that they they do it right like that. Like bring Superman's light. He is the idea of, you know, Metropolis is this bright and promise of a happy future. And he is that promise. He is the promise of hope. And so like, Bring bring that back to him. Like we don't need dark and gritty Superman. That's not who he is. Here's I a say one so. thing real quick because you just mentioned that. Fun fact: that scene about the cool my mom made it for me came from For All Seasons. For oh, seasons? really? Perfect. It it it's a cool. So he's he's whizzing by a building, and this kid's about to walk off the edge of a building and hat. He picks up the hat, gives it to him. Oh, cool costume! And he's like, "Yeah, thanks. My mom made it for me." And it's almost the same costume that you see in the show oh, the man. briefs are a little bit darker but yeah now when you said oh, that's it, I'm like, awesome you guys have to read it i absolutely like begging I just, you to read it i made a note of it so i'm gonna i'm gonna look mm -hmm. into it and, same yeah now i so i have kind of like a maybe a radical question for you guys mm -hmm. so you know we've talked about superman we've talked maybe a little bit about recasting him do you think tyler halfland could be could he be the movie superman hundred percent. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> the only reason why I say this is because they said they were going younger. I mean, they're not really going to grab true. a guy who's already got two kids. Could could he have the potential to do it? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see him do the big screen. I just from what it could be an origin, the, like a, a you know, a, not de aging, but oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's thirty five years old, so he's probably too old for what they're looking for. I'm <laughs> guessing they're looking for someone more in like twenty twenty two area. Yeah. Um, but I would love that. I think that he is he's really good at embodying that, which is interesting because compared to his character, which where I met him was Teen Wolf, he was very angsty and covered in blood all the time and hated everybody. So like this is a very interesting change in dynamics for him, and he he kills it every episode. I was just thinking I would like to see a different villain versus Lex Luthor, you know, just somebody mm -hmm. brainiac. They haven't never done him before on big screen. So like, why not bring him in? Um, Especially when you were talking up, you know, the reason came out that 
Man of Steel 2 was going to be Brainiac. So that idea is already in their head. So it would be a natural progression to just mm-hmm. try something new. I don't want Precisely. Zod anymore, though. Yep. No more no Zod. Zod. No more Lex. Let's. Mm-hmm. They're old. They're tired. Let's do something new. I don't mind the concept of Lex, but he shouldn't be like the main villain. He shouldn't be in the front. He should be kind of like how they did with Zack Snyder's Justice League, that he's pulling strings behind the curtain, mm-hmm. sort of. Like make him a recurring yeah. thing, but not the main thing. It is would be best. Well, so have you seen Lex in Titans? I haven't yes. watched Titans. Okay, so Brian, yes. What do you think about? So if if Lex were to come back, like a Lex, you know, uh, like that. So, just you know, Anthony, just to give you a little information about him he was a spoiler alert he was yes. a Lex who was dying mm-hmm. and he wants to meet Connor who was half his DNA and so he still has this like evil mastermind to him but like in a very like loving father way it's like a very interesting dynamic um there was moments where I had chills down my spine at the same time that I wanted to like actually like him mm-hmm. I think that would be a very interesting way to bring him back maybe a more humanized version because lex is just this like evil mastermind that doesn't have a lot of humanization even he's a cartoon yeah in the movies even in the shows if you look at smallville i mean he literally Mm -hmm. he starts off as a friend but he becomes just this evil mastermind and john crier in the arrowverse he's fantastic but he's just a megalomaniac um this one had a lot of human humanism to him that i really liked so i think that that'd be an awesome way to bring him back Hmm. though i have to ask both of you is there already someone you have in mind for like when you when they said they were casting superman did anybody come to mind at all no no i i no okay i'm not a fan caster i just kind of roll with it i I focus more on what story they're going to tell versus who they're going to put up for it and so in this case i just hope that they do get someone quite young to nail that you know fresh out of college sort of face there, there's plenty of actors I'm sure that could do it. I just also you have to think of somebody who can commit to doing it for a while if that's, that's the plan. Yeah. You know, someone like, younger cool. than someone is, looks at, yeah, yeah. But then they start committing themselves to their series and this and that, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like can't fulfill their commitments. So if, if they do, you know, if they do recast with someone younger, I, I do assume that they're going to want to get some type of like ten year commitment or something from them. Just if, if they are trying to build what they say they are trying to build yep. sure i will say that there was someone that came to mind instantaneously when they said this and i don't know if this is going to be a hot take or not okay um and you i think i think that if he bumped if he buffed up a little bit timothy chalamet would be a great Ooh. clark he's got the hair he's got the skin he's got the face he was almost spider-man wasn't he was no. he no or is he just friends with tom holland no he did he he auditioned for spider-man yeah yeah that's weird because well i'm just thinking that he um leo dicaprio told him i want to say last year he's like don't do drugs and don't do superhero movies (laughs) that was his advice to him at a war show and he said i'm gonna listen to both of those i'm like okay well probably better for you yeah Either, I would say either Tim, him or the kid from Stranger Things would also be a good one. Uh, the guy, the kid that played yeah. Will, what is his name? 
I know um, who you mean. I'll look at it. <laughs> the miracle of the internet. But he would be such a good Noah. Noah Sh- Schnapp. He's only 18, though. So he'd be super young, but he would be a good... He would fit the part because he has the acting chops. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time they actually get around to it, he would have gotten older. So yeah, I, mm-hmm. I can see your I see the the thought process there. Not a bad idea. I won't fan cast anybody else, I'm promise. But I'm just think that there's they have to get the right they they have to nail the casting for almost all seven of the main Justice League. Yep. Because I think that there's gonna be so many people that are waiting for them to fail now. If you don't nail that, you're already off to a bad start. I don't know that might not that might not be something that they're worried about. Like in my head, that's what I'm thinking. Like you're already up a uphill battle. So I just looked at one of these fan cast things because I was curious what other names people had had put in the you know ring, mm-hmm. and somebody suggested Michael B. Jordan, and I think I love that. I saw that on Twitter too. Yeah, I isn't think... he too old though? Yeah, that's my yeah, my that's worry. the thing. Too old, but he would be amazing. He would. And wasn't he originally attached to a mm-hmm. version of Man of Steel? Superman? He wanted to develop one, yeah. Because he he's apparently good. a super fan of it. So that would have been cool. He would have been really, really good. But I think that they do definitely have to nail the castings. Otherwise they're already losing. <laughs> no. They need their own Sarah Finn or Sarah Haley Finn. She's the casting director for Marvel, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I am a little bit, I don't want to say relieved, but um, I'll use relieved for this case, is that with James Gunn and the way he interacts with Twitter, and I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but at least it'll like kill just crazy rumors and things that people just say out loud. So like when somebody says, I heard such and such got cast, he's going to come out and say, nah, bro, that ain't right. Just no. So... On the flip side of that, do you like that he is, like, with the Superman announcement of, you know, we're going in a different direction, Henry Cavill's not with us anymore, do you like that he is announcing it that way? Because it feels like it's, like, we've had, like, the structure for so long in Hollywood where it's, like, trades announce it, and then you announce it at, like, a convention, and then everybody's hyped, and, like, this just, like, took that out, which is, like, here, everybody, this is the direction we're going to, and I love the candor, like, I think that that is really interesting. It's a new, fresh take, but does it like cut through like the the hypeness? Yeah, I mean, it can kill a little bit of the hype, but I think it's just the cut and dry of it. That's just the way he is. That you know, now this is essentially his company, so he's just going to switch up how it's going to be done. Will they still do Comic Con? I mean, yeah, you can't miss that. They ha- they have to, right? I th- yeah, I think I think the Comic Con announcements are like cool i like that and i think that's i think that's more so for casting versus like i mean firing i guess the the, the cavill thing was kind of firing and it, it i don't know firing by twitter but i would just i would assume that that you know their teams communicated but it still feels let's be real another reason why they also announced that is because they were trying to take a little bit of heat away from black adam i mean mm-hmm. yeah right the conscious uncoupling on twitter <laughs> yeah pretty much so you know is there anything else about dc because i know we're starting to get close on time that you know has Mm. been in your minds that you really want to talk about especially with 
these new developments? Is there anything just you got to get off your chest? You know, the one thing that I just have to say, you know, we, we still have like, as of right now, there's things like Black Canary, Static Shock that are still in development of some kind. I don't think they're going to make it through. But James Gunn, please bring back Stargirl. You know, you have the fan base for it. That show was amazing. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. Canceled? Legends of Tomorrow. Um, but Stargirl ended in a way that it did wrap it up. But I think that there's a way to bring that to the future. And I think that there's a home for it on HBO Max. And so if we're keeping some of it, if we're going to keep things like Peacemaker and stuff, let's keep Stargirl. She could fit into the DC universe really well. Uh, Breck Best Singer is an amazing actress. She does a lot of her own stunts or like a lot of the flips and stuff because she is very acrobatic. Let's bring her back. Let's do this right. Come on, James Gunn. <laughs> My and only <laughs> that's what you've got. No, the only thing I, I think about, but I feel mostly confident is we get more of the Batman Reeves. You know, we got Penguin Show on the way. There was supposed to be a second spinoff at the same time, a goth, uh, an Arkham, Gotham Knights, I think, no, no, like Arkham Arkham PD. yeah, something like that. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but there yeah. was like a couple things they were going to work on, and then, um. It, Y'all know me. I love peacemakers. I I do want to see that come back. It, it seems pretty certain that it will happen. It just makes you curious about who who sticks around. You know, mm -hmm. he James Gunn is very strong about like I like working with these people because I know they're nice. I've been told yeah. they're nice, and so I don't think he wants to discard not just his coworkers but his friends. And mm -hmm. I I just wonder how the general population will feel about that. Like, is it favoritism? You know, uh, nepotism, whatever you want mm -hmm. to call it sure like is this unfair to everybody else or i mean if i had a studio i would totally hire all my friends so <laughs> you, you got congrats you guys are you know heads of development so i, I, I don't fault it. that Excellent. oh my gosh um just 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 for the clarification yeah the penguin show is is still in development the other one was a pd show but yeah. it turned into an arkham um it was going to be about the about the insane asylum and Gotham Knights uh, is something totally oh, different. You just made me think of something. Mm -hmm. I am disappointed that we're never going to get that Batman Beyond with Keaton because I mm -hmm. loved that show growing up. I used to watch it every weekend with my sister. And we would, and thinking about it, Keaton would have been perfection for that role. Like, I then, wanted to see Terry McGinnis happen. Sorry, Isla, go ahead. No, 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 you're right. You're totally right. And there would have been that dynamic that we haven't seen where, you know, Batman's a mentor and he's got, you know, a younger not a robin but someone younger that he's mm -hmm. you know kind of training and like, that's and the cool. tech what i really liked about yeah. the show was it was futuristic you know like mm -hmm. a, a different suit that black just full black with the red was just one of the coolest things i've ever seen still probably mm -hmm. my favorite suit out of all of them and and with him already having played the mentor role in batgirl mm -hmm. they could have you know just rolled that in moved to the future boom and had that play out more sure Batgirl Beyond. That too. I wish. I um, really wish we would have got like a Bat Family sort of thing. It, it the mm -hmm. potential was there. Now, do you think? Do you think? Do you think Gunn is going to be super involved with the Batman side of the universe? Because you know, Matt, that's Matt Reeves's thing, and he seems to like they seem to be okay with that. Like, is there going to? I think James Gunn understands when something works don't mess with it you know if it ain't broke don't fix it james gets that 
I definitely think that he's going to see, like he's already saw part of this process. He's seen the film. He knows the direction Barry is going in. I think that he's going to step back a little bit and realize I'm working on so many other things right now. I really don't have time for this. Um, as long as you're not going to completely mess up this world or like make Batman look horrible, you've already made a movie that during a national pandemic, you know, a worldwide pandemic did well. So, I mean, I think that with things like the Penguin and the Arkham series still in play, he's going to be busy doing his Peacemaker and Amanda Waller series, Superman <laughs> stuff that he's not going to really care about those things until either it conflicts with his world or until his world grows big enough that he wants to just end that one and start his own Batman or whatever comes from that. I don't think that the two worlds are going to ever collide, though. I think that they're too different. And I'm okay with that. That's not inherently a bad thing because the Batman worked out so well for me. The the realism of it all and, and the story they told was just great. I, I've watched it like five times this year. But... <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's a good movie. Yeah, you're you're saying that Amanda Waller is not going to meet Batman. No, I'm so sad. No, yeah. <laughs> sorry to disappoint you, um, but I just don't think that. I think you're right. They're the it's better when they're separate, and you don't you don't need them together. The Batman was good on its own. It doesn't need to be involved with a crossover with Superman, mm-hmm. um, unless you're going to introduce in that world of Superman. Because I think that you can have two worlds as long as they are very established that they are different like the Arrowverse and the mm-hmm. DC universe that worked well you could almost have a world that you want to have that grittier superheroes I don't think they need to cross over in the wider scheme of things let Matt Reeves do his thing he knows what he's doing and on that note I think we're finished so thank you guys so much for being here and thank you all for listening uh tune in next time for more discussion with your favorite nerdy friends at thecosmiccircus.com thank you bye y'all bye thank you so much